it. I am so pleased to welcome back Pauline Gruet today as a returning guest on the show. Now, our previous conversation was back in October 2022 when Pauline was talking about healing her inner childhood trauma. And that episode is still available on my podcast site and also Pauline's website. So, Pauline is now a top international awareness coach, having won an award for 2023 by the International Association of Top Professionals. Pauline believes that although healing the surface level issues are important to keep moving forward, getting to the root of the problem, though difficult, is the way to truly become whole again and reconnect with our true self. So with that in mind, Pauline's in the process of finishing her book, The Other Pauline, A Story of Courage and Determination for Identity. And she's joining me today to speak openly about her very toxic marriage. So there is a warning there that some parts of our conversation might be disturbing to some people, as we may talk about abuse of a mental, physical and sexual nature. So welcome back to the show, Pauline. It's lovely to have you here again. Thank you so much, Sue. It's an absolute honour. Oh, now, it's my honor having you back, and particularly because this is obviously a very traumatic time of your life. And so I really honor you for your vulnerability and openness in agreeing to do this. So thank you so much for that. No um, problem. Thank you. Now, when I was, I was thinking to myself, so where would be a good place to start? And do you know what came up for me? Thinking if this was a film, what would the opening scene be? <laughs> wow. That that wow, that's a loaded wow. Okay. If this was a film, the opening scene just to hook people in. And this is I'm thinking of a scene now in, in my reality that's been part of my journey is basically my ex-husband's throwing chairs around the dining room, being very intimidating, and me powering, trying to get away, protecting the children, mm. and doing what I could to survive. Mm. And then from there, it would go into introducing all the red flags that popped up that because I didn't believe in myself, because of my childhood, I did not yet have enough strength or knowledge to take steps to move forward. But I found them. And this is what we're going to talk about. <laughs> so, so where do you want to start then? Well, as I just said, I think it'd be a good idea. Mm. I kind of gave you a little bit of an opening picture there mm, of yeah. what my relationship is like. Yeah. When I met my ex-husband, I had, you know, I, I was a few months away from graduating university. I had just completed a round of counseling um, from sexual abuse that had happened with my grandfather. Wow. So I was feeling strong. Mm. I was feeling nothing's going to get me. Nothing is going to, you know, I'm invincible. I was determined. I was graduating and I had my full life ahead of me. That's how I felt. Hmm. When I had gone shopping one day, I ran into a girlfriend from my childhood who I will say at this time did not know or maybe refused to see exactly what was going on in my household. We were good friends back then. And so I would often go to her place for sleepovers and parties and whatever. And so we ran into each other in the mall. She was working at a store there at a shop. And there was a gentleman working with her, which was my ex-husband. I didn't realize at the time. It turned out it was her birthday weekend. Just chatting and reconnecting. Yeah. She said, oh, well, we're going to the to the pub. Like, we're going out. Why don't you come with us? And she didn't introduce me to him at all. At this point, it was mm. just her and I chatting. I guess he saw me from the side or whatever. And so I agreed to go out. And I was all excited because we, we were just reconnecting after mm. many years. 
So I got there on the weekend. We, you know, we're dancing, we're having fun. I, I, I've never been like a big drinker like back then. And so she introduced me to him. My initial like instinct was, yeah, okay, I, I'm being polite. I'm not going to be rude or disrespectful. And I have no reason to, you know, to mm-hmm. be. But I knew something told me that just stay away. Right. That was my instinct. That was my inner red flag, my little voice inside saying, there's just something that just doesn't feel right. But he wouldn't leave me alone. He kept coming to our table. We'd be on the dance floor and he'd be there. He was just always there. Mm. And without me knowing... She gave him my number. So he probably came across as just somebody that was really interested, you know, in a a beautiful girl. So, you know, he he thought, I want to get to know this person. So your friend probably thought there's no harm in passing the number on. Exactly. But you'd already had that that kind of warning sign. Exactly. And and thinking back, it was very disrespectful on her part because – like, and I'm thinking maybe it's just something in the last few years that, or last couple decades, I should say, we're a little bit older now, <laughs> or I'm a little bit older, where you don't just give out anybody's phone number. That's a very personal thing. And yeah. so, yeah, I agree. Back, it was quite disrespectful on her part. And like you say, though, it was a lesson. I could have listened to my instinct and just, you know, really warned them off and did something it, different. You know- it almost to me feels like because it's beyond coincidence that you go through that with your grandfather and you you come out thinking right I've I'm sorted now and then this happens like almost immediately and it seems like beyond coincidence so it's almost like it it's some sort of test for you like the universe is saying well let's see how strong you really are yes that's that's brilliant yeah that's yeah <clears throat> It's it, what I've learned through lots of my healing mm. is I am my biological father. And so as just a very quick side step, what I've learned is all of these traumatic and abusive situations I put myself into mm. was this lack of that biological role model, mm. that love that I required in my life, because I, I then was raised without basically any self-esteem yeah which is what you were talking about in the previous episode if anybody wants to listen to that yeah right exactly and so this is kind of a repercussion of that and still searching and longing for that love Mm. but never finding it finding it all the wrong places and like you just said which is brilliant how the universe kind of testing me Hey, mm. how strong are you now? Mm. And obviously I wasn't strong enough. <laughs> but but anyways, so yeah, so that's where we started. And so he he just wouldn't leave me alone. So after phone calls, after three phone calls, I basically, okay, how hard, how like how how bad can it be? Just a coffee date, get it over with. And then just I was walking in there being like, hey, be open-minded. And maybe my instincts were just, you know, I would always have that benefit of the doubt. Mm. And I said, maybe it was wrong. I don't know. I have no reason to judge him. I have no reason to at this point. Right. So I went and yeah, the rest is history. (laughs) (laughs) I, 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 we dated for about two or three weeks. I actually broke up with him. And as I'm writing my book, these are things that I've remembered. Lots of that, of course, I'd like to put back. And this Mm. is why this podcast for me is so instrumental, because it will help me heal. Because Mm. if I can reach that one person to let them know, listen to that red flag, listen to that voice, regardless of if you think it's right or wrong, that's not the point. Listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. and believe in yourself because I never did and so we actually broke up after about two or three weeks at this point he knew where I lived knew where I worked 
I lived out of town. And just to show you his determination and how kind of assertive he was, he had no vehicle. It was kind of a dead-end job, whereas I had my whole life ahead of me. Mm. I was looking at becoming either a dentist or a lawyer, and he rode his bike. He was in the middle of the city. Let's just say it was about a two or three-hour bike ride to where I was living in the country and working in the country, like in the rural area. And I was shocked. I didn't know he was showing up. Mm. I was working. And, uh, and then I remember part of me thinking, well, you know, maybe he really does love me. Yeah, because he's just um, ri- because he's just rode he's his bike all that way to, to just to see you. He must really be keen. <laughs> and, it's all entrapment, he, isn't it? it? It is. It is. And and he was the very first person who actually like and even uh, to this day, my parents have never said they love me. Mm. And so back then, longing for this love and this affection, he provided this. And I, so I thought, okay, well, I grew up not knowing what it was. Maybe this is what it is. Mm. This is what it has to be. And looking at all the movies and all the those 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 dramas about, oh, oh my gosh, look what he's done. Yeah. Wow. He must truly love me to go through all that effort. But no, this is part of emotional abuse. Or part of the plan, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 so then you broke up and then then what happened so he then was uh, did he ride out to see you after that after the breakup yeah this is when yeah he, okay yeah, because he wanted to, to mend things yeah so then and you I got was, back I together not, again yes because i was not answering his calls or anything right yeah so, so we we got back together against my my better instincts and uh, let's just say in a nutshell because we do have a limit on this <laughs> podcast so in a nutshell basically within three months I was pregnant I, I came from a family where we didn't talk about anything I was on birth control but I didn't know anything about sex anything mm-hmm. I was very mm-hmm. naive and keep in mind I was 23 years old I was raised by a Roman Catholic family and being a good girl. Mm. And that's what I knew. So finding out so, you were pregnant must have been, you must so have been I, scared. I told, oh, I told my parents and they didn't speak for me, to me for three months. Mm. And so I ended up going to his family for some kind of support, being lost and alone and so not knowing what to do. But then his family said they loved me. And how dare my parents are treating me this way? And how dare they? They're so cold. They're so unloving. All of these things. Mm. And when I look back, it's all part of the manipulation. Just getting further and further into the trap, aren't you? Oh, yeah. It's almost like walking into a spider's web, isn't it? Definitely. Definitely. You, You get one foot out. And there's the spider ready to get that web back on you. Mm. And so in we were together for five years. We ended up getting married out of wedlock because and that was a forced marriage between his family, who was very religious as well. Right. So I had I had my my son and I guess my mom realized that you know, in her own weird way that she did love me. And if she wants to be part of my life, she's going to have to make some changes. Mm. So they did come into my life in in some form. And, uh, but the stage has already been set. Mm. All of these ideas are already now in my head about how much they did not truly love me and everything else. Many of my friends were cut out of my life. I was not. But then I just thought all this was love. And going to there, because I was specifically told that this is how much he loves me. He's protecting me from all of these people that are in my life that are not caring about me. What he's doing is isolating you. Exactly. Exactly. But I didn't realize it at the time. I didn't I didn't know because I, I didn't know anything about 
love and what this word was or this feeling was or mm. all I knew is whatever this feeling was if this was love you know I'll take spaghetti I think there's a book called that is this love? I'll take spaghetti <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what it felt like yeah but you know what I just went with the flow because I now had a newborn baby that I did not know anything mm. how to raise a child or an infant my mom did not help me I relied and I say that very, very strongly. I relied on my mother-in-law. Mm. She was a victim throughout lots of this too, because my ex-father-in-law was very abusive. My ex-mother-in-law was a, is a beautiful lady. Mm. I, I still love her dearly. She taught me everything, how to raise an infant, how to do what I had to do. And and it's, it might sound silly, basic bathing of an infant and, and caring and feeding and nutrition, all those things that sounds very basic, but my mom never said anything. She, no. she, she didn't know because my mom, she was so caught up in her own stuff. She didn't know either. Mm. And so this is what I'm talking about. The generational trauma, how it affects yeah. other generations, regardless of whether you realize it or not, it, it, passes on mm. and so that's why doing this podcast with you today is so important to me because I'm here through my books through my voice telling people no this has to stop you mm. can stop it and yeah because if you think about your mother-in-law she too was with somebody who was who was abusive yes so had she said, right, this is not going to happen to my son, then your ex yes. may not have been the way he was with you because he didn't know any other way. That's how men act. Exactly. Ex exactly. Exactly. Or it would have been a lot less. Mm. Because I'm not saying that just like putting your foot down and, and breaking these chains, there's a lot of links to those chains. Yeah. You can think of all those generations. And but breaking that one link or weakening that one link, the next generation can get weaker and mm. weaker. Yeah. In terms of the toxicity. But then the sage, all that love and support and all of those good, strong feelings, believing in yourself, your self-worth, mm. your integrity, your confidence will grow stronger. Mm. And that's the true importance yeah. of taking that stand. But I, I will say very strongly that that stand does take a lot of strength, determination, courage. And it, it is not easy. You will burn some bridges along the way, like with family, with friends, people who you thought yeah. you could trust. And ultimately, the only person first that you can trust is yourself. Yeah. Because without trusting yourself first... Or loving yourself first, how is anybody else supposed to love you? That's it. That's it. The self-love. Self-love is the most important thing you can do because that's the thing that's going to exactly. save your life at the end of the day. Yeah. And and that's and that's why, you know, and I've had to work through a lot of this, especially with my mom. Mm -hmm. And that's why this is so crucial as well as because my mom didn't have that. No. So I greatly respect everything that that she sacrificed for me mm. because that was not easy even and she was trying she did not have the knowledge or as much of the awareness or perhaps the strength to take that next step but she had the strength to hold that space where she knew physically she did what she could yeah. to protect me in her own way and I know this now. Believe me, I'm, I've gone through a lot of anger and a lot of resentment, a lot of guilt, but I forgive her. Mm. Which is important. Because she's a beautiful, she's, mm. she's a beautiful Because she person. didn't know any different. Exactly. And that lack of awareness. And this is, again, why I speak so freely about my experience. Because everybody has their own journey. Mm. But the importance about this is that understanding your journey is just as important as anybody else's journey. Yeah. And if I can reach that one or two people 
you know, worldwide that this yeah. is going, people are going to hear, then I've done my job. Because the thing is, people, I think women especially, but men too, when we go through this kind of trauma, we tend to be ashamed of, well, yeah, why did I let that happen? Why, why did I do that? You know, I've chosen this person. It must be my fault. We need to accept what what we what mistakes we've made what we've done what mistakes we've made and you know understand our journey understand what's happened and forgive the people that need to be forgiven and let yeah. go of the rest basically yeah, yeah. but we don't yeah. speak out we think we've got to hide it we mustn't admit that we did something wrong when well, we didn't do anything wrong we just attracted the wrong people Right. And we're, we're trying to survive. We're trying yeah. to just move forward in the way, yeah. the only way we know how. Yeah. So on that, on that note then, Sue, I will say getting out of that relationship, I ended up having three children. Yeah. What like it was a lot of rape. I, I did not want to have sex with him. It was against my, you know, what, like my, my responses, no meant nothing. So he you just know, took what he wanted, basically, he when he took, wanted. Basically, yeah, exactly, without being too graphic. And uh, so I had three children with him on our wedding honeymoon. Or he specifically said because I wanted to keep my last name, and he specifically gave me the ultimatum that if I didn't take his last name, he would take my son. And leave me, and I would never see him again. Mm-hmm. And this is just a sample of the abuse and the the emotional complexity of emotional abuse. And in in many cases, bipolar. He was he's diagnosed bipolar. And why this is very important to talk about is because in many cases, people will think that everything is okay. And in my case. I thought, okay, he's trying. You know, we saw counselors, like marriage counselors, we saw, and there was always something wrong with them. Mm-hmm. And so after, so I tried. I, you know, I gave it my best attempt. And I, my, I had two boys, and my youngest is my daughter. And especially after, and I had just gone through a period where my grandfather, like I said earlier, I went through all of that healing and understanding that little girl inside and how strong she was mm. and how scared she was. I decided I did not want my daughter growing up like that. No. So I went to see my grandfather with the intention of letting him know that I remembered. Mm. but I'm better now and I forgive him and so I went to see him and my grandmother of course she was watching the news and she just happened to say oh they're they're talking so much now about you know all these, these girls that are being sexually abused and everything I was a little bit shocked but I was like good okay this opens the door <laughs> so and so I just said to her and she was where they're when you walked into their their suite because they were in one of those senior homes Mm. when you walked into their suite she was sitting their their kitchen was opened and I could see them see her sitting in the living room and then on my that's on my left side on my right side my grandfather was coming down the hallway after my grandmother said this I specifically looked at her and I said yeah they're talking a lot more about it right now and And I'm glad because it happens a lot closer to home than many people realize Mm. or want to admit. And I I specifically looked right at my my grandfather. He put his head down. He walked back down the hallway. And he passed away the next day. Oh, no. Gosh. Mm. He was waiting for my forgiveness. Mm. And he knew because I went there. The conversation we had, nothing. And remember, in my family, we didn't talk about anything. Mm. So this was this was very significant. And so he knew that, 
you know, it, it took a few years to fully forgive him. But I was able to forgive him on a surface level. Mm. And so then having my daughter getting back to our conversation, I she was about seven months, eight months old when the, I, I finally broke away from my husband, my ex-husband. Mm-hmm. But seven months when my grandfather passed away. And I, I made the decision. I don't want my daughter growing up thinking this is how men treat women mm-hmm. or that this is okay. I didn't know it then, but my eldest son had already taken the brunt of those limiting beliefs already being passed on. Right. Because my, my mother, my ex-mother-in-law babysat for us a lot. Right. And so he was witness to many toxic and traumatic events, which I didn't know because I was in survival mode. Mm. I was not aware. And so unintentionally, it was passed on to my children. Yeah. And and so so then we separated. I started counseling again. Second bout of counseling. <laughs> uh, I still kind of chuckle a little bit because generations or or I should say decades ago, people think, oh my gosh, you must be crazy or you must be there's something really wrong that you have to go to counseling for all these things. Yeah. And 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 so I kind of chuckle because no. It shows my strength because I want to heal. The deal with and it, I want yeah. To, to deal with it exactly and to get it yeah. over with. And so that's what I did. And so what was presented to me was a group coaching or group counseling at the time. And I thought, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to relate to these? How are they going to understand what I'm talking about or anything? I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. But I went there and the group, the group sessions that we had were the best things I could have ever expected. Mm. I finally, for the first time in my life, was not alone. No, no, because they were there too. They they were going through it too. That's why they were there. (laughs) Exactly. And there was about eight of us. And I just sat there for the first few sessions. I didn't say anything because I was shocked. I was like, oh, my gosh. And look how easily some of these women are talking about this. Mm-hmm. And wow, this isn't something to be ashamed of. This is something that I was a victim of. And this mm-hmm. was something that I need, to, I will get past. And so I, yeah, so that's why so I did that. And um, I, I was lucky for me. My ex had his, he really let his ego get a hold of him. Now that I know as a coach (laughs) what fully happened, but he really let his ego get a hold of him and he really thought he had control of me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Keep in mind, my counseling and everything was after we separated. But before then, once I made that decision to protect my children, he didn't have that control over me anymore. And I was just playing the game and setting things up properly, smartly wisely to be protective and make sure that once he was out he was out because there's no way I was going to have my children be in a situation where there's that back and forth and back Mm -hmm. and forth and I I became like so overprotective myself because I realized wow I just created a situation where I didn't want my children ever to be part of, but now they are. Yeah. So I, so yeah, so I ended up, he ended up leaving. And luckily for me, like I was saying, he was, he let his ego get a hold of him. So I was able to cut up his credit cards that were in my name, things like that. Yeah. Going to his wallet, anything to do with me, I cut up and I destroyed. and he had that sincere amount of trust in me because he didn't do any of the bills. He didn't do anything. Right. And so that was lucky um, really, wasn't it? Because you could then take back control, couldn't you? That's exactly what I was doing. And so, and I just knew, okay, play the game, get raped a few more times. If that's what it takes just to Mm. get through this. Right. Mm. 
And I just figured, play the game because it's going to get me and my children out of this. So it sounds like you've so, gone into like complete maternal instinct. Like I am now acting on instinct. I need to protect my children and I would do whatever it takes to protect them. Yeah. Yeah. I was that, that lioness that, you know Mm. what? Yeah. Nothing was going to hurt my children again. Mm. So I started to understand a lot more what my mom went through. Mm. And it was, it was, I chuckle again a little bit because I wrote my mom a letter that Christmas, just, you know, apologizing. For all the crap I put her through. <laughs> and my mom is a very unemotional person. And she just looked at me. She put the letter down. She said, finally. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so, but I started to understand her sacrifice that she made for us because I had just done the same thing for my children. Mm. So, yeah. So it's, it's, it's been a road. It's been a journey. Definitely. So how old are your children now? Oh, now they're old. So <laughs> they are 28, 25, and 24. Yeah. Are any of them married? Not yet. But they're all in relationships. Okay. Uh, I don't want to explain too much or say too much about this because I have my own feelings about mm-hmm. it. Uh, but they are on their own healing journeys. Okay. As they as becoming a coach and they have seen what not only what I've sacrificed, mm. but the importance of I've always taught them to learn from my mistakes. Yeah. And so just to be aware of not only their behaviors, but how they can protect themselves and mm. believe in themselves. Most mm. of all, believe in themselves mm. because they are awesome. Like, you know, one day my children will realize how much I love them. Mm. I'm sure they do now. I'm sure they do now. Well, especially well, do they have do they have children of their own? No, no, not yet. When my, they do, they'll son, realize, won't they? Yeah, my one son is dating a girl who has a, a young little guy, and and he's awesome. Right. And you know what? I and like I said, just for privacy and stuff, I don't want to say too much. No, no. But you know what? They're awesome, though. She's an awesome girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody has their own journey. Absolutely. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and, but the biggest thing is just having that confidence, not like to, to heal yourself and not to like being aware, not to spread that on, whether it's your children or the person you're with, mm. because it's it's crucial. It, it will only make your relationship stronger. And one thing that I will tell people out there that are in perhaps toxic environments is that taking those little steps no matter how small just like me cutting off the credit cards mm. and setting the stage for yeah the the separation it, it all adds up and it all matters so I, i'm gonna say i guess it, it's it's almost like setting a goal isn't it <laughs> like the goal totally. is to get your freedom totally. but you need yep. to set the steps to get to the goal and you need to do it step yep. by step just like any goal exactly you've got exactly. to kind of look at it very sort of matter-of-factly and take all the emotion yep. out of it take that out just think right what do i need to do exactly exactly and and in a, in, in, a, in a very loving way yeah because even if you love your partner it's it's one thing that i will really stress here too is that you can't make anybody heal you can't do the healing for them they have to they have to do their own lifting Mm. and you know if they truly want to heal they will heal Mm. i've always told my children you know to to trust themselves and like i said earlier like nobody is better, better than anybody else no everybody has their own path and so i'm hoping one day they will like i i know my one son has kind of put my my words back to me a few times and i'll be like you're listening yeah. <laughs> so i have seen a little bit of like some progress with with my children mm. and i had to forgive myself that was the mm. big thing like from a from a parent's point of view if there's parents out there listening that being able to f- forgive yourself for any un- unintentional trauma that was passed on because yeah. you can only do what you can do and if you're in survivor mode or you know or victim mode 
taking those steps forward will get you out. But you have to work on yourself first. Got to kind of turn yourself back on first because you tend to numb down. You just switch off and you you almost become a zombie. You just live from day to day doing what you have to do. You've got to switch yourself back on, get back online, if you like, and and start working out what you're going to do. Exactly. Absolutely. And many people tell themselves lies Mm. just to get through their days. Mm. And just asking yourself those hard questions, looking Mm. in the mirror, who am I really? Mm. And there are so many people who who can't answer that. Like, oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm a dental assistant. I'm this and that. But no, that's not who you are. I just want to break this down a little bit because I think it's important. But and and giving yourself, you know, the title of mom or whatever your career role is, whatever, those are all titles. Mm. There's a really important book written by Robin Sharma called "The Leader Without a Without a Title." Read it, yeah, and yeah, and and it really changed my life. That was actually probably the book that really brought me onto my healing journey because it made me understand how. No, when you look in, who are you inside? Mm. It's not what everybody else sees. No. It's it's what you see inside. Who are you? Mm. And look in that mirror authentically. And it's it's a mm. lot harder than people realize. But once yeah, you do, most people don't they think they look in the mirror, but they're not looking in the mirror. They're not looking at themselves. They're looking at what they think is themselves. What they want to see. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And 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 that's part of where the strength comes in. Mm. Because having the strength to admit that, oh my gosh, what do you mean I'm not perfect? What do you mean I'm, you know, all these things or this yeah. like this whatever, whatever label you put on yourself. You know, so many people or, or like bipolar or ADHD mm. or whatever, all these labels people can put on mm. themselves. But ultimately, it, it it depends on everybody's degree of what they want to do for healing because what I've learned through my healing as well is that many when it comes to lots of many many mental sicknesses many mental illnesses taking those first steps and so many people can take those first steps to do the healing that they need to do and they, they they will feel more confident by taking those steps yeah so so going back to that day when you walked in the store and you saw your friend that you hadn't yeah. seen for a while, we said that maybe that was the universe saying, let's see how strong you really are. Do you think you passed the test? I passed the test up to the point where I gave in by having the date with him Mm. because it does it does it does beg the question though what was the test was the test whether you would go out with him or was the test i'm going to put you through all this trauma so that you learn what you need to learn because that's your mission in the world and when you come out the other side and you've written your book and you've done this podcast, maybe you've passed the test. <laughs> Just I, a thought. I see where you're going. I, you know what? That's awesome. I see where you're going with it. Yeah. But you know what? I, if I did not, even though it's taken a long, it's been a long road, it's been a very hard journey. If I would not have done all of these these challenges and in my opinion, I've succeeded. Mm. I've I've done well. I look at all these challenges now as I am very grateful for them because I yeah. would not be the person I am today. Yeah. I would not be as strong as I am today. So, but there was definitely a time when I really questioned, you know, my upbringing, my religion, everything mm. because you know, my 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 grandmother, my mom, everybody always said, my mother-in-law, they always said, God's only going to give you what you can handle. Mm. And I remember many times being like, okay, I've had enough. I can't handle anymore. Like, how much more do I have to go through before I've had enough? Mm. It's been a long journey. And now 
I, I can thank him. I can thank, like, whether it's God or the universe, mm-hmm. I, I will openly say that, you know what, I, I believe in the universe. I believe everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Karma is the most wonderful woman on earth. And all yeah, these. Just, lessons, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, I just think that, you know, we're all brought here for a reason. We come, we choose to live in this human body and live this human existence for a reason. But it's our job to find out what that reason is. And some people, I think, I don't know, maybe they never do, or maybe they do, but don't realize that they've done what they needed to do. It's all a big mystery. And we will never, ever know the answer, I don't think. But as far as the universe is concerned, I mean, that nearly 30-year period you went through to get to the other end, and maybe, you know, maybe you're still going through it. Maybe like the chain now has been broken and, you know, your children and their children will will not be affected by it. And then you can say, well, I pass the test. My job is done. But as far as the universe is concerned, that 30 years is nothing. It's like <laughs> on the time-space continuum, it's just, it's now, you know, it, it's all happened in in the blink of an eye. So the time doesn't make any difference, but it was just something that you had to do. It's really, really it's interesting, really, I think. It, no, it it is interesting. And I'm going to throw something your way and see, how, see what you think of this. But with all of my healing, I've done a lot of meditation, lots of my own healing through tantric coaching as well, because I, I could still feel those blocks, especially with my my paternity. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't get through. Mm. So through a group that I was with, a wonderful group of ladies, and, uh, and then tantric coaching, I've been able to now reconnect with my dad who is now passed, but on a spiritual level. Mm-hmm. And so I want to put this out there to you, excuse me, as you're talking about the time-space continuum, because I truly believe we picked our parents as we are that little speck in the universe, you mm-hmm. know, trillion, tiny little specks out there. We picked our parents for a reason. Mm-hmm. And as my mission, I know my path now. And I will never stop learning. I will never stop growing. No. I will never my my mission's never complete until I pass into, you know, when I pass away into another realm. But then on that note, now that my journey, my journey will have just started in another capacity. Yeah. But getting back to how I picked my parents, I picked my mother and my father because they did not have the strength they wanted to break these chains, but they weren't strong enough to do it. And I saw this, so I picked them where my journey became very more toxic, intertwined, complicated, if you will, is because my story, my true story was kept from me because my my mom and my stepdad, what they say is they were trying to protect me with the awareness that they had Mm. and i often question was it them trying to protect me or it was their own not my mom but in in specific you know my my stepdad and his family even though you know i i love those that i know on a better scale dearly but he was not intended to be in my life. Right. Mm. I'm very grateful for everything he's done for me. Mm-hmm. I will always be grateful for all of that. But my my mom, I see it more like a business arrangement. My mom had the mission to protect her children. Yeah. That's the way she knew how. Yeah. And my paternal right my paternal father and family was kept from me and because of that all of these even more atrocious things happened to me mm-hmm. because i had this longing to find yeah. that that love and affection yeah. and knowing what i know now about my my paternal family oh definitely they're not perfect but my life might have been different might mm-hmm. have been worse it doesn't matter. No. The point is, um, it my my agenda got intercepted, and it was not right the way things happened, and that's mm-hmm. another reason why. 
I'm speaking out about this. Mm. Uh, step parents are c- can be very amazing. Yeah. But they can also be very damaging. Yeah. Because taking on somebody else's children is a responsibility so much greater than people might realize. Yeah. And I'm saying this with all the love in the world. I truly am. Because I don't want to disrespect or offend anybody. But unless you are fully aware of what you're bringing to the table, into this family, like my stepdad adopted my older sister and I. I was about, I guess, two or three. She would have been five, four or five. I guess five or six, sorry. And uh, but there was a lot of trauma trauma in his own family. That so now I not only had my mom's generational trauma and my dad's my paternal father's generational trauma, I now had all of my stepfather's generational trauma that I had yeah. to maneuver and navigate through. Yeah. And so having the strength to do that. Mm. I'm very proud of where I am today. Definitely. And it's interesting because many of my, like that part of the family, I will be honest, and they're scared because they don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> they, they don't have that belief yeah. in themselves. And so they have not contacted me. And if they do, those walls are up like crazy. And right now, and even my ears just started ringing. Oh, yeah, they're 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 very scared of you know of what I might say, what I might write, yeah. um, what I might do, and it's like you guys, I'm I'm not here to hurt anybody. No, I'm here because I love you. But and that's just their speak. their own guilt, isn't it? That's exactly that's it's their own guilt. It's yeah. their own fears. It's their own their own debilitating, limiting mm. beliefs, mm. and they have to realize it's because they need to look in that mirror. That's right. So they've got and their own so journey. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so easy to blame somebody else. Yes. So which is what me. we do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I got big shoulders. You can blame me. I'm I'm okay with that. Mm. Now, the interesting thing, going back to what you were saying about picking your parents. Yeah. So, and picking them specifically because of their weaknesses. So you must have been a strong spirit. That spirit that was looking for your human life, you must have been a strong spirit and thinking, why would I want to go into a strong family? I want to go into somewhere where I can really make a difference. I can break that chain. So if, yeah, yeah, I mean, if that's happened, you can, you can see how that went. You can see like the, the, almost the thought process that a spirit would have. Yeah. I, I, I come from a history of very strong women. Very strong women, like mm. paternally and maternally. I, I now that I know what I know, and there was a show actually, Secrets, Lies, and DNA Ties. That was they they filmed part of my paternity, and it's on Amazon. Mm. And the results actually are now incorrect because I've had different testing done, and so that determination on my part, because I knew that those results were wrong mm. and so and i'm mentioning this just to show the strength and the belief that i now have in myself and my journey yeah brilliant so mm-hmm. if if anybody wants to get hold of you that it's still your website that's still the best place to find you and ev- everything w- yeah, yeah. ca. And actually, my books are on there with the links, as well as the TV show will be up there soon, but they can get that on Amazon. Okay. My my story is coming out at the other pull-in. Yeah. Story of Courage and Determination for Identity is coming out in the fall. Okay. And it will be available on ebook and and in, in stores as well. Yeah, that's the best way to reach out to me. And all my contact information is there. Perfect. And anything that you want to say before we finish up? Anything perhaps like we we didn't talk about that you wanted to say? It might just be following up with what I might have said last time. Is just, you know, you always have a choice. Even when you feel like you're backed into that corner and you, you feel like nothing you do will make a difference, 
regardless of whether you see a big difference or not, know and believe mm. that it is because all of your actions create a reaction. Yeah. And so believing those little steps, you ha- you always have a choice, always. Yeah. And your voice is important. Yeah. yeah. Whatever road you're on, there's always another road you can get onto mm-hmm. if you need to. Exactly. You just have exactly. to choose it. Yeah. Okay. And that's and that's exactly why I I, I named my my business guided journey, mm. so I can help guide people on their journey. Yeah. And you know, empower them to see how how making the becoming more aware helps you to make different decisions and by making those different decisions different consequences happen yeah so different actions and consequences so it's important yeah yeah and I think I think you know you can have as a coach you can have all the qualifications in the world but nothing beats the experience of living through it yourself (laughs) yes absolutely Absolutely. And and that's why one of my goals for this year is to become like some certified coach right now, but mm-hmm. I'm looking to become an accredited executive coach by the end of the year. Brilliant. I'm I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Oh, you'll be brilliant. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you wow. so much, Sue. This, I really appreciate you you doing this. No, I appreciate you coming on and talking to me again. And yeah, so uh, I don't know, a good, a, a brilliant conversation, a, a great message there, probably not the happiest of stories ever, but it has a happy ending. So, and there's a lot of yeah. strength in there. And I think that that's what, that's what we need. We need the strength. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, and just that believing in yourself. Yeah, right. definitely. Yeah. Definitely agree with that. Right. Well, thank you so much. It's lovely to see you again and all the best. Good luck with your new book. <laughs> and, and hopefully you'll you'll come back again and we'll talk about something else. <laughs> I, I would absolutely love that. I know we've kind of updated our contact information between each other. And yeah, I would absolutely love that. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I, I, I look forward to it. Brilliant. Okay. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you, Sue.